When I say Mother's Day, there are many, many things, different things that you might feel. Some of you may feel a sense of gratitude for a mom who loved you well. I'm not going to make it through these without crying, so just know. Some of you may feel a sense of abandonment because of a mother who wasn't there for you when you needed her. Some may feel a sense of sadness for a mother who's no longer alive. That's me. Or missing a mom who lives far away. Some are feeling joy when you think about the children that you were raising, the joy that they bring to you. Some may be regretting mistakes that you've made or that you think you've made. It's not always the same thing. Some are mourning a child lost too young, a pregnancy that did not make it, or mourning a dream, sorry, of being a mother, a dream that feels like maybe it has died. No matter what emotion Mother's Day evokes in us, please know that you are not alone. We celebrate this day with you, but we also mourn with you. We pray for healing for you. We love you. Not only that, but God celebrates you. He can heal the brokenhearted. He can revive dreams that seem like they're dead. He is with you through it all. Let me pray. God, I thank you. God, that you know all and that through it all, you never leave us alone. God, I pray that every mother in this house will be celebrated well today. God, I pray that this morning that you will bring restoration to families that may be broken. God, I pray that you would bring healing to hurting hearts in this place this morning. God, I pray for joy and peace in every situation. God, we look to you this morning to be our everything. Thank you, God. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Stretch marks. <laughs> Chances are good that if you are a lady who has given birth, you might have stretch marks. You know what I'm talking about. All the men and young people just rolled their eyes and tuned me out. But, but stay with me because this message is for all of us. It's true, many pregnancies result in a few stretch marks. I don't want to see anybody's, just saying. Pregnant bellies grow quickly and when things grow quickly, stretch marks can happen. Not only during pregnancy, I have a friend that her son in his one teenage year, not in his teenage years, but in one of his teenage years, he grew so much taller so fast that he actually has stretch marks up and down his back because the skin could not keep up with his rate of growth. Stretch marks happen. They're not bad. They're not ugly. They just are. They're simply a sign of quick growth. Growing quickly, can cause stretch marks. At our annual business meeting in April, Glenn shared a scripture with us, and it has stuck in my mind. Actually, it kind of, it's more than that. It stuck in my spirit so much that I have not been able to turn away from it uh, for a month or more. Sometimes when that happens, it's just for me. 
You know, when God, like, just really challenges, challenges you with a scripture and you just know that it's for you, sometimes that happens, I believe, when he wants us to share it with others as well, and in, this is one of those cases. So I want to share with you a scripture. Why don't you stand with me this morning to give honor to the, the word of God and also because you might be sitting for a while. Isaiah 54 verses 1 to 5, so Isaiah chapter 54, verses 1 to 5, from the NIV, and it reads, Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child. Burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you, will, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispose nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. For the make, your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. God, I pray that you would bless your word this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And this is a prophecy written by Isaiah to the Israelites. And while it's a specific prophecy to that nation, I believe that we can learn from it, apply it to our own lives, our own church today. And I believe that because the word of God is alive and relevant to us. Amen? Yes. Thank you. There was a lot of agreeing there. So earlier in the book of Isaiah, we see prophecies that are dealing with the coming of the Messiah. Uh, foretelling about Christ coming. But th the prophecy here uh, is more concerning the church. We now know because history tells us what Isaiah was only seeing in the spirit at this point, that a nation would become almost depleted by captivity in Babylon, but would again become a great and mighty people. Many scholars believe that this prophecy not only points to the regrowth of the Jewish nation, but also the inclusion of Gentiles in the family of God, resulting in amazing growth in what became the greater church. Now, Faith Tabernacle Church is only a small portion of the greater church across the world. I want us to really look at what God wants us to learn from this prophecy individually, each one of us, as well as corporately together as the family of God today. Mother's Day, May 13th, I think, 2018. Now this prophecy is causing me some stretch marks, some spiritual stretch marks. As I've been studying and meditating on it for the past few weeks, there are a couple of areas that I have really been challenged in, really kind of stretched in. Areas that I've realized I need to stretch more. And maybe as a body, as a church, we could stand some stretching as well. First of all, it's been stretching my ability to believe. 
to believe. Common sense alone says that it's hard to believe that a barren woman is going to have more children than a woman with a husband. This prophecy points ahead to when the Israelites were exiled to Babylon. Scholars' opinions vary, but it's believed that the population of Israel, when it came out of exile, out of that exile, was only about 6 to 12% of the population when they went into Babylon in exile. That's not very good odds. That's a very, very diminished population. They had been depleted. And yet they had this word that God had given Isaiah prior to this, this promise, saying that they should burst into song and rejoice, shout for joy because of the increase. But they were seeing a drastic decrease in certain years. But to believe in that prophecy that had been given. Sometimes our circumstances, what we can see in the natural, makes the promises of God hard to believe. Anybody with me on that? Yeah. And when our circumstances are allowed to get bigger than our faith, sometimes it's easy to not feel like bursting into song or shouting for joy. I would imagine that there was a season that Ella didn't see this promise of God coming forth in her life. But yet this prophecy says to burst into song and shout for joy. It makes me think of the father in Mark chapter 9 who asked the disciples to drive the demon out of his son, but they couldn't. And Jesus comes along and the father says, if you could do anything, maybe. And Jesus replies, verse 23, he says, if you can, says Jesus, Everything is possible for the one who believes. And immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my disbelief, my unbelief. Sometimes we can believe, but we need God's help to overcome our unbelief. It's not always easy, but without believing in the promises of God, we won't prepare to receive the promises of God. And sometimes not preparing is the cause for not receiving. We need to stretch our belief in God. He is bigger than you could ever dream or imagine, bigger than I can dream or imagine. There's that old saying, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right, right? If you think you can, then you can. And if you think you can't, then chances are you won't. We need to believe believe. Whether we believe or not does not change whether God is able, right? God is able. His ability is not dependent on my belief in his promises. He is able. But sometimes when we look, sometimes, yes, whether we believe or not does not change whether or not God is able. But sometimes I think believing can unlock his blessing. What promises of God quicken your heart, quicken your spirit when you hear them? When you look at your circumstances, though, it just doesn't seem possible that that could ever come to pass. I'm, not, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Yeah, there's lots of nodding going on, 
right? You hear that promise of God, and you feel something start to stir inside you, and then you kind of open your eyes, and you look at your situation, you look at the, the world around you, don't look at the people around you, and you think, I, I don't know. I just can't see how to get from here to here. I think of different promises. Maybe it's Philippians 4.19. And my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. For some today, maybe that's a promise that it stirs. You need him to meet all of your needs, but you just can't see how it would happen. Mark 11.24 says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it and it'll be yours. I know there are prayers that many of us have been praying for years. God's word says, keep on praying. Keep on praying. Proverbs 22.6 says, start your children off on the way they should go, and even when they're old, they will not turn from it. That's a promise from God. Sometimes it can stir us, but we can look at reality and think, God, where is the outworking of this promise? James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. There have been times in my life that I don't feel like the devil is fleeing away from me. But God's word says that if I submit to him, if I submit to him, then the devil will flee. Glenn spoke last week, I think it was last week, <laughs> On, on living generous lives and our, our giving, our tithes. Malachi 3.10 says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. That is a promise of God. But there have been times that I have been giving and I have been tithing and I have been faithful and I'm waiting for those windows to open. But God's promises are true. You can believe in them. We sang that song so enthusiastically this morning. All your promises are yes and amen. But I encourage you, don't just sing the song. Believe in his promises for your life. Come on, let's stretch our belief. Can he possibly cause the offspring of a supposedly barren woman to multiply so abundantly? Believe with me that yes, he can. I want to have some stretch marks to show for it. Stretching our belief. Secondly, we are, are we willing to stretch our capacity? The second verse in that prophecy said, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. It's talking about making ourselves bigger, stretching, increasing our capacity. You know, when a couple is expecting a baby, there's usually a few things to do to get ready. You really want to have some diapers, if there's any of you that are expecting. Whether it be cloth or disposable, doesn't matter, but you really do need some diapers. Probably get some baby clothes, maybe a few toys. If it's the first child, you might want to get a crib, a car seat, some of those things that we call essentials. Sometimes we set up an entire room in our house, specially furnished just for that baby that we're expecting. And if it's not the first child, sometimes we need to rearrange things in our house to make room 
for the family to be comfortable. If God is saying that we will be taking ground in this city, spreading out to the left and to the right, that he is bringing an increase to our lives, to the life of Faith Tabernacle Church, we might get some stretch marks growing in our capacity. I believe that we have to have a posture of making room for more. That's what this is talking about, making room for more. Well, what does that look like in the context of church when you come in on a Sunday morning? Making room for more. I'm going to get up in your business. I'm sorry. (laughs) Maybe you're a person... Maybe you're a person that once church has started, you actually rarely ever have need of, of getting out of your seats uh, for any reason. Moms of young kids, you have reason. Just saying. Uh, but maybe you don't normally. Making room for more in that situation might mean sitting in the center of the section rather than on the sides. It's not as comfortable if you have longer legs. I don't have to worry about that. It's not as comfortable. But a first-time guest coming in, Climbing over legs awkwardly to get to that open center seat. Hmm. Let's be making room for more. That's just a very practical way that we can make room for more. It could look like when you're getting a coffee at the cafe counter afterwards, just looking around, seeing, is there somebody that looks a little bit lost, maybe a little bit new, and making room for them to come in, invite them to come right beside you and and get that coffee or whatever it is that, that they're looking for making room for more, maybe making conversation with somebody that hasn't been here before. Maybe they have and you just haven't seen them before. Making room for more. Maybe as a leader or volunteer, there are ways to make room for more people on your team or somehow enlarge the scope of what that team is doing to be able to reach more people, making room for more increasing capacity, getting some stretch marks as a church. What about in our own lives? Are we making room for more? You know, Mother's Day is always a challenge for me in this area. I am always challenged about making room for more. You see, I didn't have just one mom. I had one biological mom. Obviously, science says that. But I've had the opportunity for five wonderful women to mother me. Some of the young people just like groaned right there because sometimes one mother mothering you feels like smothering you. (laughs) Sorry, just saying. But I've had that opportunity for five. We have a picture on the screen. These are my five mothers. The, oh, I'm directionally challenged. The bottom left is my mom, my biological mom. And she did a great job raising me, if I do say so myself. But she passed away the year that I was 17. So I have not had my mom for a very long time in my life. When that happened, my Aunt Pauline, who is on the bottom right, look, you're all seeing me do like the left and left. And on the bottom right, that's my Aunt Pauline. When my mom passed away, she made room for me. She came alongside a teenage girl that was facing the world and didn't know what I was doing. She already had four kids of her own, ran a business, ran many um, nonprofit committees in the community, was involved in her church, but she took time out of her busy schedule. She made room for me in her life. Glenn's mom, 
is the top left. When we got married as a new wife and then a young mother, she made room for me, walked alongside me, taught me things that I didn't know, encouraged me. She made room. She had four kids. And we were the last ones of her kids. Glenn was the last one to get married. So she had already made room for three others and grandkids. But she was so willing to make room for more. The other two ladies, the, the top right is Judy and the one in the center is Joanne. They are no relation to me biologically. They are no relation to me by marriage. But God placed them in my life. I call them my godmothers. Even though... They didn't become that until I was an adult. At different times in my life, I was desperate to have, I don't know, the love, the encouragement, the relationship um, with an older woman, a mother figure in my life. And at different times, different seasons in my life, these two opened up their worlds. They both had children. They both had grandchildren. But they accepted us as a, a complete family um, they made room for us. We have had birthdays and holidays and laughter and tears and just we have done life together with these women, with their families. And uh, they made room. They made room for more. How can we make room? for more in our lives. Who in your world is seeking and searching for a friend, for someone to speak life, for guidance? Ladies, there are young women in this congregation, but in our community as well, who, are, who need godly examples. Men, there are young men who are looking for someone to help them navigate life well. Young people, you have peers, not to mention younger children, looking up to you. People that are watching you, not to put pressure on you at all, but so many can watch because they recognize something special in you. And they want to walk alongside you and learn from you, maybe learn with you. By making room for more in our lives, we have opportunity to mentor, to speak truth, to be Christ in the world around us. We can prepare for God to bring the increase by making room for more. It might cause stretch marks in our own lives, in our church. It might feel sometimes like we are being stretched beyond our capacity. But, oh, the rewards are worth it. So worth it. Maybe God is calling you to increase capacity in your life for more influence. Maybe in your career or your area of ministry. Are you preparing for that? It could be as practical as learning how to speak well. Learning how to deal with your emotions or your body language in a tense situation. Maybe he's calling you to make more room, increase your capacity in your education. Glenn has recently started his master's degree. Your pastor might have stretch marks at the moment, <laughs> but he's doing good. 
Now hear me, Faith Tabernacle Church is far from being a desolate woman. When I hear the stories of so many, and we even recently heard stories at our district conference of people that I didn't even know were from Faith Tabernacle Church that are now credential holders in ministry, full-time ministry in this district that have come out of the ministry of this house. Some have gone far and wide and some are near, but this church has birthed so much. This family is multiplying and it is growing, but I also believe that the best is yet to come. Glenn and I often tell the team that we have not made our worst mistakes yet, <laughs> but I also feel like we have not had our biggest wins yet, not just us, but together as a church. I believe that God has some big wins in store for us. He has done mighty things, but we cannot live in the past on our past successes any more than I can make my children stop growing older. I would love to sometimes just stop them right where they are. He's shaking his head like, uh-uh, not going to happen. We can't do it. We can't do it. We need to keep our eyes forward focused, looking to the future. It will stretch us, but I believe God has called us and he will equip us. And let me tell you, the future is looking good, stretch marks and all. This prophecy, verses 2 and 3 in the NLT, the New Living Translation, read, Enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home, and spare no expense, for you will soon be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities. Can you believe with me that we're going to be bursting at the seams? Anybody want to believe that with me? Thank you. Yes, we can believe to be bursting at the seams, that our descendants will occupy areas of this city that the enemy has chosen for destruction. And I believe that we're already seeing glimpses of this. I think of Pastor Jordan and Nathan and the Evensong team and how they are a presence on the campus at Dalhousie University. They are taking ground that the devil is trying to claim as his own. I think of Pastor Joyce Lean and the G-Rock team, and I've been hearing amazing things this morning about last night, and G-Rock's got talent. We couldn't be here, but amazing things. And actually, if you weren't able to be here, you'll find out later about an opportunity how you can still support uh, G-Rock. Go reach our city, even today, right after the service. So be listening for that opportunity for that. But they are not only doing life with at-risk kids in this city, but doing life with their entire families. Like, Pastor Joyce Lean is, we hear stories of her, like, conversations she's having with some of these moms and the situations in their homes. We are taking ground from the enemy. Standing in the gap, meeting people right where they are, carrying Christ to the streets. These ministries are occupying and resettling this city. But I believe that God is calling us to get ready for more. To get ready for more. There are so many more streets to reach. So many more neighbors to encounter. So many more people to love. Our descendants, the next generation of leaders in this church, they need us to put in the hard labor to get the house ready to stretch our tent curtains wide. Enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home, spare no expense. That takes work. 
Now, I'm not, I'm not raising money for a new building project <laughs> or something with walls and a roof, but more about us as a body and each one of us as individuals. Can we believe for it? Are we preparing for the increase? Are we making room for more? Are we pregnant with expectation? Are we prepared to have stretch marks as the body of Christ? What about as individual believers? Just this morning during worship, I was reminded of the story. It's found throughout the Gospels. I found it really quickly in Matthew chapter 9. And it's, it's talking about, Jesus is talking about, you don't put a new patch on old clothing. You don't put new wine in old wineskins. The new patch, the old wineskins, they don't have the flexibility that's needed. And a lot of times we need that flexibility to increase our capacity. Are you willing to get your own life ready for God to bring an increase? Because as I've talked about these areas of Faith Tabernacle Church, I also need to say that it is not, we are not a ministry. Faith Tabernacle Church is not a building. It's not an organization. Now, we do have ministries. We do have a building, and we try to be organized. We do. But we are a church, and church is people. It's you and it's me, and it's us coming together as a family. We are Faith Tabernacle Church. And therefore, if God in this prophecy is telling the church to get ready for an increase, he's telling us as individuals who make up the church to get ourselves ready for an increase. Just like when a couple discovers that their family is going to expand, they begin to prepare for the new arrival. I believe this scripture is telling us to prepare for what God is about to bring in the life of this church. Stretch marks, stretching our belief, stretching our capacity, making room for more, more salvations. Amen. Yes, more influence in God's kingdom and in this city in your school, in your workplace, in your neighborhoods. Let's stretch. And look again at verses 4 and 5 of this prophecy, and I'll ask the worship team to, to come on back at this time. Verses 4 and 5 said, Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth, the one who will make this happen, the one who is bringing the increase, the one that we put our trust in is the Lord Almighty the Holy One, the Redeemer, God of all the earth. None of this is, able, is to be able to say, look at my stretch marks. Look at how much I have stretched. Look at what I've done. Look at what we've birthed together as a church. Look at our growth. No, it's all to point back to God and to give him the glory. You know, just in closing, it's funny in pregnancy, 
some women work really hard on their stomachs to not get stretch marks. I've heard that's possible. I don't know. Yet still they grow and they still give birth. They still become moms. But they work to not have the stretch marks that can sometimes go along with that. Now, according to the internet, everybody knows the internet's always true, right? Yeah. 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 According to the internet, the main way to avoid having stretch marks through the process of growing, still being able to grow, but not having the marks during the process, is to keep the skin well-oiled. You see, oil keeps the skin hydrated, flexible, able to stretch more easily. Now, when we look at scripture, the oil or anointing oil is often used to symbolize the Holy Spirit. I believe before we can be truly ready for the increase that God wants to bring, individually in our lives, but together as a church as well, I believe we need more of the presence of God. Yeah. More of his anointing. More of his Holy Spirit. And with that anointing, with that oil, we become more flexible. Stretching becomes easier. We begin to be pliable and able to grow. Expand, lengthen, strengthen preparing for the increase that God will bring in our own lives and to the church. Maybe you're here today and you feel like you're in a barren season. Maybe there's nothing about your life that feels like you're taking ground. I want you to hear the word of the Lord this morning to get ready. To prepare. Why don't you stand? Maybe you're here today and you might recognize that you need to stretch your belief, your capacity, making room for more, maybe building margins in your life so that there's ways to be able to, to have more. Uh, and I mean more people, more influence, more capacity for God. Maybe you found yourself in a place today, you've realized that you are no longer flexible. You've become a bit rigid. You're not moldable by God, and you need the Holy Spirit to flow. Know that he is here. He is able to anoint you with oil this morning. That his Holy Spirit can flow over you and bring healing and restoration. I want to pray for you this morning. Just listening to God for a moment to see where he wants to go.